Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor and I'm here with Mike and we're excited to be with you. Today uh, we are diving into the topic uh, of hope for the attention seeker um, and trying to maybe just think a little bit together, Mike, about uh, how how we can escape the trap that everyone's tempted to fall into of seeking attention for ourselves, pulling people's eyes onto what we're doing or, or what's happening in our life and just how the gospel can set us free from that. So big concept, uh, potentially, obviously, lots of ways to go. But Mike, let me just pass it to you. Why is this on your mind uh, when you think of hope for the attention seeker? What are some of the first things that come to mind for you? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is that we're all kind of in the same boat on this. We all seek attention, even those that would vigorously or strenuously object. You know, I think that we're all attention seekers. I think we all want to be, I don't know, significant in some way. We don't want to live a worthless life and all of that. And I think of Third John. Okay, I'm thinking of Third John and helpers in the gospel. But you know, Gaius um, was written to he uh, to the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. But then he talks about Diotrephes, and he says, "I've written something to the church." This is in Third John verse nine. But Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, Mm -hmm. does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. So this is an opponent in the church. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. So obviously there's a lot of issues there. And there's a call to not imitate evil, but imitate good, to be discerning. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever is evil is not seeing God. And then he, he talks about Demetrius. And so you got Gaius, Diotrephes, Demetrius. And Demetrius received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. And we add, we pile on our testimony to that as well, and our testimony is true. And I say all of that because it seems like there's a permeating idea of love and forgiveness and, and body life and things like that. And I just think that when we somehow inadvertently, I'm not saying it's nefariously, but we somehow start to look for attention, we can ruin, we can be a little bit more like Diotrephes and, and a lot less like Demetrius. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think we're all susceptible and, you know, freedom for attention seekers, you know, how not to be enslaved to seeking attention. Um, the first thing I would say is you just have to admit your issue. If we could just admit that, you know, I do like, I like attention. I used to say to my son when he was younger, when sometimes he would want to cut up and tell some jokes in the wrong moment, I'd say, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy in that moment. And then soon enough, he would say, dad, don't be that guy. Because <laughs> I would try to do a similar thing, get a laugh out of some people or do something like that. And, you know, there's a time and a place for for pretty much everything, as Ecclesiastes tells us. But I don't know. What do you think? What's your idea about the attention-seeking thing? I mean, do you struggle with it? Yes. In in what ways? <laughs> oh, I know in the, in the clothes you wear, in in the way that you carry yourself, in the what is it? I don't think. I mean, because you're you're a snappy dresser. You're you know you're you're well dressed, <laughs> and and you and you have your style, but you're not trying to seek attention that way. I mean. I can't say no to that. I think that <laughs> I, I think in every single area of my yeah, life, yeah. I'm, I'm inclined to seek attention. There's you like know, there, nothing's off limits. Me too. You know, yeah. there was a time I, I want to admit this. There was a time at Grace Church of Orange when I first came to Grace. Some people didn't like the fact that I wore a tie, 
and sometimes a suit, a, a coat and a tie. And I remember saying to someone once gently, but firmly, how about I don't tell you what you should wear and I wear what I feel comfortable and, and appropriate wearing to preach and all of that. And we kind of left it at that, but it was, there was some pressure that they, they, people wanted me to dress down and that's just not me. I, I have a, I have a, there's just a nerve in me that says, I want to dress up rather than down when I'm about to preach. I'm preaching the word. It's important. Mm -hmm. And again, some people have different opinions about things like that. But then it turned into something. I decided I was going to show people without saying anything that I was going to wear a tie every day that year. And I got to about July. And this was about 10 years ago. When you say got, every day, do you mean every day you were preaching? I'm sorry. Yeah, or, that was wrong. Yeah. Okay. Every time I was, every Sunday, excuse me. <laughs> I was every, say, yeah, no, no, every Sunday. Yeah, commitment. you know, that was, I said it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Every Sunday I would, I would wear a tie and it was kind of a, you know, I'll show you. And I didn't tell anyone about it. I just did it. But I got to July. It was kind of a hot day too, but I was putting on a tie and I remember thinking this has become a source of pride for me. Like this little vendetta I've got in the back of my head that I'm going to like prove something that is just absolutely ridiculous. And it was in, in, in that kind of thing, it was a sinful attention seeking on my part that maybe people weren't even aware of, you know, and I like wearing a good jacket when I'm, when I'm, when I'm preaching, I have, you know, I've got certain jackets I like to wear and I like my shoe, I like good shoes, you know? And it's like, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Like, I like it when someone says, Hey, you look sharp today. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know doesn't everyone like that? Yeah, I mean, maybe sure. some people are I mean, so no holy one, that they're past it, but yeah, you don't want to say. By the way, you look horrible today. And you're right. like, wow, I, I was right. I was fishing for that. Yeah, well, you know, you could the um, the heart's obviously the issue in this, right? But you could right. go you could go in a different direction where you know you could be. I think I'm not um, I'm not sure if this is the case. Sometimes I wondered if there were guys at seminary who who might have fallen in this boat. You can go in the other direction of like I'm going to go so far in the on the side of not caring what I how I'm looking and start to take pride in that. So that's just one example with how you dress, you know. Yes. But that can be almost like I'm not one of those polished people. I just I just am kinda of, I'm kinda of just who I am and I'm not and that can become a source of pride. Yeah. And that can um, become a source of getting attention. Attention seeking. So right. there was a time we were at a I was at I was out with one of my daughters having a little daddy daughter time and we were at a boba place in Irvine and there was a lady who walked up who was wearing a rat. What <laughs> she had a, you know, like some people have a parrot on their shoulder or they have a, a snake in a bag. This lady had a rat. Huh. And so we kind of made up this little rhyme. She had a boba in her hand and a rat in her shirt. The rat was actually peeking out of her shirt, like nibbling on her neck. You, you know, that doesn't rhyme, right? Well, the way we did it, we, we, we had a beat to it. <laughs> okay. She okay. had a boba in her, she had a boba in her hand and a rat in her shirt. And we just kept repeating that. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. This is, this is, we're off the rails right now. But the thing is, what, what I, I remember thinking, that person went out in public wanting everyone to see that she had a rat. And it's like, there's something about that that's just kind of odd. Yep. Again, like if you wear a parrot on your, on your shoulder. And I've seen people do that. They have a bird with them or they have this or that. And it's like, whatever that is. And those are egregious. You know, those are like obvious. I think there's plenty of things yeah. where... Maybe we're looking that for the praise of man. I tell me if you would agree with this, Mike. I feel like most of the time it's happening at a level that's not necessarily subconscious, but mm -hmm. it's so it's so deeply connected with who we are that we're often unaware of it, mm -hmm. and potentially not like uh, not aware of it in the sense of looking for the praise of people and not receiving verbal praise, but that idea is still present. So it's the guy who 
you know, he started to allow some of who he is and his worth to be dependent on people respecting how he, how he's, you know, performing at work. And of course there could be an appropriateness to that, but Mm -hmm. or it's the mom who, who feels like, even if she would never articulate this, my life is in the value of my life is in some extent connected to people seeing Mm -hmm. what I'm doing with my kids at home and appreciating the the effort that I'm putting in or something like that. And that's, those are like, those aren't very nuanced examples. You know, it can just get down into the weeds very quickly. But True. all these things can become, yeah, places and areas of our life where we're just wanting other mm-hmm. people to recognize. Well, why do you think people want that? I think because we want, to, we want to be validated. I think that people want people to give them the thumbs up. You know, I over Christmas, I was sick for some days between Christmas Eve and, and New Year's. And I was kind of, you know, doing a lot of reading, you know, I, I, I went on, I was on social media more and I found myself out loud saying, you've got to be kidding me. Like, you're going to post that? And it's, it's like people I know, you know, and it's like, wow. And the whole idea of, you know, Matthew 6, 1, Jesus said, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be seen by them. And the idea of, oh, I'm praying or you need to see me reading the Bible. You need to see me sharing my faith or whatever it is where we, you know, call attention to something that we have done, that's something that we should be saying, I'm just an unworthy servant. I'm just following Christ. And I think, you know, Romans 2 says, for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, I think that sometimes it goes together that if you're seeking, you know, even the Old Testament says, don't seek great things for yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't seek them. Mm-hmm. That if you're seeking something for yourself, that you, that nece- out of necessity, you would be somehow disobeying the truth. You know, and I think about, you know, we're, we're kind of talking about, you know, social media but it happens in social settings where there's always the person that has to have the last, their word right, out there right, or they, they right. haven't ever come across a thought that they didn't want to share or whatever it is and um god is opposed to the proud gives grace to the humble only god knows if we're proud but you know philippians 2 says don't do anything out of selfishness or empty conceit uh, selfish ambition but right. in humility consider others more significant and you know like you and i are asking each other questions right now so we're not necessarily trying to get our, you know, our licks in on this. Like, oh, I got these many things I need to say. So I got another question for you. When it comes to self-seeking, and again, the Lord knows the heart, right? Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. How ought we to even navigate what we think is someone self-seeking? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah, I think of I think it's in First Corinthians four where Paul says, "I don't judge myself." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can't. He's like I, he's basically saying, "I can't even see into my own heart." And the Lord's going to give me the final, you know, the Lord's going to give me the final stamp of approval and commendation and judgment. And so I'm waiting for that day. So I think that's that's Paul saying, "I don't. I can't even judge myself, much less someone else." So I think you have a humility, you know, because yeah. I'm I'm super inclined, like we both are, especially in the world of ministry. For some reason, you know, when someone seems to be self promoting. It just gets under my skin so fast when it just feels like someone is always, you know, posting their next article, their next sermon, their next, you know, it's just like, I, I feel like, man, I got no time for that. Mm-hmm. But then I need to check myself and say, only God knows this person's heart. And maybe it's a real blessing to the congregation that they're serving or to others. And, and so mm-hmm. I just can't know, you know, but, and tell me if you would, you know, say it in a different way to the degree that I have a closeness to someone where I actually see their life and I know them. Yeah, if if someone saw a pattern like that in me, I'd want them to address it. And mm-hmm. so maybe maybe with prayer and and the slowness, if I saw a pattern like that in someone else that I'm close with and actually know, 
could be something that eventually would need to be addressed. Is there something you need to say to me today? No. No, there's not. Are you sure? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about you to me? No. You know, it's funny. I, I look at you and, you know, Tanner's in the room too. You guys, uh, you guys are humble guys. And I, I, I don't see any form of like, hey, look at me, look at me. And I think, and I do, what you just said, I think is so important. Those who know and love you best, they need to be able to tell you the truth. I like to say this, that families and, and groups self-correct. Well, they ought to. And that if there's something that goes out of line, that lovingly and firmly loving the truth, we would say something when necessary, if necessary. Okay. Um, I, I want to end my, I want to say one more comment and then I'll, I'll leave it to you to, to bring us in for a landing. There's a quote by A.W. Tozier that I have latched onto over the years. Uh, it's in his book, The Pursuit of God. And I'll just read part of this paragraph. But here's what he says. And I think this, this hits to the heart of this idea of resting in Christ and not needing to be noticed and not needing to seek attention. Okay? He says this. He's talking about the meek man, the humble man. Okay? In himself, nothing. In God, everything. That is his motto. He knows well that the world will never see him as God sees him, and he has stopped caring. Hmm. He rests perfectly content to allow God to place his own values. He will be patient to wait for the day when everything will get its own price tag and real worth will come into its own. Then the righteous shall shine forth in the kingdom of their father, and he is willing to wait for that day. That's good. That's good. Well, I'll, I'll bring us to a close. I'll, I'll mention one more, two more uh, lines and even a contrast that I just always think of in connection with this topic. First is just John the Baptist saying he must, he must increase, I must decrease. Mm -hmm. I just think I, there was a guy at seminary who just said, that's my life motto. I just want to be like that. And I just always appreciated that. And the second was just the reference where it's in, it's the end of John five mm -hmm. and Jesus is speaking with the religious leaders of Israel and says, if another comes in his own name, you'll receive him. Uh, and then how can you believe when you receive the glory that comes from another and do not see the glory that comes from the only God? But just, just that idea of self-interest and self-seeking is so baked into how we are as fallen people that, uh, or I should say, yeah, fallen people outside of Christ, that that's what, that's what is the normative experience of life that would make someone say, yeah, I'll accept you. You seek your own interests. Mm -hmm. And only when you come to Christ and you say, just like the Tozer quote, wow, now I have somebody who affirms me, loves me, is evaluating me on a different standard that you can be set free from, from all of the efforts to, to glean that kind of attention. So mm -hmm. listeners, hope that's an encouragement to you. We love you and we're thankful that you take the time to listen. So Hopefully this is, uh, yeah, meaningful to you. And uh, until next week, have a great week serving the Lord. Loving Him. We'll talk to you next time on our podcast.